Funding for The Spark is provided by Capital Blue Cross, focused on creating a healthier future for our communities through innovations like Capital Blue Cross Connect Health and Wellness Centers, which provide in-person services and inspire healthy living. Learn more at CapitalBlueCross.com. The Spark is also supported by UPMC, providing primary and advanced specialty care throughout all of central Pennsylvania and beyond. A list of providers in the area can be found at upmc.com slash findadoc. It's Friday when the Spark invites journalists to appear on the program and discuss the week's most impactful stories. This week, we're joined by two veteran reporters from Penn Live, Jan Murphy and Charlie Thompson. Welcome to the program. Hi, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having us. Well, you know, Speaker of the House, I don't know whether the American people have been invested in uh, who would become the next Speaker of the House in Washington and certainly not in Harrisburg, as uh, we saw this week. So let's talk about those two big government stories first, and then we'll go on to uh, some other uh, big news stories. But uh, let's start with Harrisburg, where, well, he was Democratic State Representative uh, Mark Rossi of uh, Berks County, was elected Speaker of the House in uh, Harrisburg. And there seems to be some question as to what the future holds for Representative Rossi, the speakership, the Democratic Party, who has the majority. It's kind of all up in the air right now, or at least publicly it is. Who'd like to tackle that? What's going on? Well, I mean, I, I think the whole thing was basically a proxy battle for this larger battle of who really has majority control of the House, right? Because... Um, you know, we're in this situation where the Democrats have a claim to having won more seats in the November election, which they did, 102-101, but because of vacancies that have popped up really starting since October when Tony DeLuca died during the middle of the campaign, the number of seated members gives a majority to the Republicans of um, 101 to 99 or 98, depending on whether you count Rossi as a Democrat or an independent. So they have this battle as to who has majority control. And for those people in the House, I mean, majority control is everything because that's, you know, who gets to set the legislative agenda and decide what policy issues get a floor debate and get get votes on the floor. And um, so that's why so much focus on this, because they're they're kind of in this death struggle for the majority. And um, it seems like the Republicans, by agreeing to install Mark Rossi have for the moment um, kept the Democrats from taking majority control. And uh, what we don't know is how long that will last because the speaker can be, that that whole thing can be redone at any point if one, one of the sides believes they have the votes. I want to talk about how it happened, and that's one of the things that's so unusual about this. But one of the big questions, and I always have to ask this because, let's face it, we have, uh, most people out there are not following on a day-to-day basis who the Speaker of the House is, why that person is the Speaker of the House, and what it means to them. So, Charlie, what does it mean? Why is this important to Pennsylvanians? I mean, well, I I just think it goes back to that... um, that battle for majority control because, and, and you know, I, it's very important to the people in the legislature um, as to, you know, 
who's setting policy and that sort of thing. But honestly, in, in the larger picture, I think it's kind of fitting that the House is in such a state of flux because, you know, we are we like to think of ourselves as a purple swing state, right? So we have a Democratic governor on this hand. We have a Republican-controlled state Senate on this hand. Why shouldn't the House, as the tiebreaker, sort of be, you know, <laughs> almost a, a, in a deadlock situation? I mean, I feel like if Pennsylvania politics was a um, soccer game in reference to the recent World Cup, we'd be going to penalty kicks on this probably. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it feels like every issue is going to rise or fall based on the majority that can be cobbled together for that issue. Well, Jen, you covered the state capitol. Talk about that. I mean, just what uh, Charlie said about every issue rising and falling. I mean, will anything get done? Well, I think there certainly is hope that um, <laughs> that something gets done. I'm sure that our incoming governor is, is hoping that he's going to be able to, to work with a, a legislature that wants to get things done. Um, I mean, the one thing that is important is the speaker does call up the bills to be voted. And... I, I feel that, you know, the Republicans are thinking, well, let me just back up. Um, the Republicans said that they got a commitment from Mark Rossi that he would be independent. And I think that in their mind, in the way they present it, he is going to go change his party registration to independent. I, at last check. Um, and you he, checked it just this morning, uh, Just right? this morning and uh, unofficially was told, no, he is not changed his registration but um so he remains a democrat i i, I do think that um you know as right after the vote um as, uh, brian cutler the house republican leader came out and said you know that this is going to result in a 101 101 <laughs> partisan distribution but um as Charlie mentioned, these three vacancies, the one thing that Mark Rossi did that the Democrats felt that they, they won out of him becoming speaker is he affirmed February 7th as the date that the Democrats wanted to fill the three vacancies out in Allegheny County. And so if, in fact, they those districts that do lean Democrat, if the Democrats win that, then, then that possibly creates the potential for the Democrats to... Um, vote uh, Joanna McClinton, a Philadelphia Democrat, the Democratic leader, as speaker. And that, that truly was their goal <laughs> when, you know, out of this election, whenever they, they won the 102 seats, they really wanted Joanna McClinton up there in the rostrum. And they, I think that they feel that, okay, we have Mark Rossi there now. We got what we wanted. The Republicans say they got what they wanted because they, they say they're controlling the um, the calendar now and all this that you know in the committees but there's so much that's so uncertain you know i don't think anybody can anticipate mark rossi being the speaker for two full years as brian cutler is so put out there how did mark rossi become the speaker it was a surprise well it it, it was a surprise and i think <laughs> to to many of the members because it was that day that going in you know the um there was a lot of wheeling and dealing in the the days before this, uh, you know, January third, trying to figure out. You know, they're trying to, Republicans trying to get Democrats to flip, and Democrats trying to get Republicans to flip. And it was this um, offer that the Republicans made to Mark Rossi, you know, that they would support him becoming Speaker um, if he would commit to being independent. I, I mean, I was told that there were other. Democrats who were made the same offer, but um, 
for some reason, uh, you know, Mark Rossi was the guy. And nothing against, I mean, I think there is a lot of respect for Mark Rossi from both sides of the aisle because the issue that he brings to the table, the issue that made him run for office to begin with is dealing with the, um, you know, finally uh, child sex abuse victims getting you know, some justice. Right. And, um, He's been on this program several times talking yeah. about that issue. He was abused, sexually abused by a priest when he was he was 13. So it is an issue that is very important to him. And he does have a reputation of having an independent streak. That's true. Yeah. Now, and, and I think it was, um, <clears throat> I think it was his partner on that issue, Jim Gregory, that, a that, Republican, put, right. that put Rossi's name on the radar screen for the Republican leadership. And then they approached him and and the deal was done. And I, I think that Rossi, uh, what he wants out of it, he hasn't said this, but um, other people have because he hasn't spoken. You know, people talk and the <laughs> vacuum gets filled. But I think that what, what um, it seems like is, um, you know, the Democrats realizing that they could not elect Joanna McClinton on Tuesday, it seemed like their next option was to just try to let the House adjourn without a vote for right. a speaker. And um, then they would pick up business after the February 7th special elections when they presumably could elect a speaker. And it, it seems like Rossi was, he was disappointed in that because he wants to get the set, he wants to keep the ball rolling on the constitutional amendments that would finally give him that, that win on the child sex abuse victims' and ability to go to just court. Just for context's sake, Republicans, for the most part, this is how they've been tried to get around uh, the veto pen of Governor yeah. Wolf, is uh, some issues very important to them, like voter ID. Yeah. Uh, and those are time-sensitive. Right. If they want to get them on the ballot for the primary, they have to By the end of this by... month, the department is a state said that those, because this is the second consideration, you know, with the constitutional amendments, they have to approve in one session and then I get a second approval in the, in the subsequent sec, uh, legislative session. And they said, because the second time it involves drafting the question as well as advertising it, which, you know, has to be advertised, you know, three, three different times in the each three months before the, an election. So yeah. they said they need it done by the end of this month. Well, let me just, before we move on, uh, you know, what you just described, uh, Jan, with the wheeling and dealing, Pennsylvanians are probably asking themselves, is this the kind of horse trading, backroom stuff? Okay, it used to be smoke-filled rooms. I don't think as many people smoke <laughs> anymore. But uh, is this the kind of wheeling and dealing that government, uh, that policy, how it's decided even today? I think on big issues, yes, that usually is the case. It, it that it, it, you know, anything that gets bipartisan support, it, it often, I shouldn't say any time, but often on big issues, it does involve this wheeling and dealing. And so it, we, we really haven't seen that much of it, I don't think, in, in Harrisburg in, in the last sessions because we had the Republican controlled uh, legislature and, so we should we may see more of it. I think we might mm. see more of it. Uh, Charlie, we talked about uh, the speakership in Harrisburg. Most of the nation is hearing about what's going on in Washington, where uh, we're actually making history. But uh, right now, Scott Perry, Republican from York County here in central Pennsylvania, is one of those 20... And I hesitate to say conservatives because Republicans in the House have pointed out that, hey, we're conservative, too. 
very conservative, ultra-conservative, that has been leading the fight to so that uh, we we don't have uh, a McCarthy speakership. So what's going on with Scott Perry, and has he gained that much power? Yeah, apparently, um, you know, this is his moment, and uh, it's it's what he presumably has been waiting for since he's been in the House, because uh, remember, he, he's been active in the Freedom Caucus right, for some time. Yeah. Now he's the chairman. That wouldn't have meant so much last year when the Democrats held the majority in the House, but now the Republicans, by virtue of the midterm elections, took the majority in the U.S. House, and it's a thin majority of only like four votes, and um, that means this this group, um, and really any small group, it could be the moderates on mm-hmm. some other issue, but ha- has a lot of control, a lot of leverage to say, okay, if you really want to get this done, you have to you have to go through us. You need our votes. I mean, it really comes into play on something like the, the speaker, because that's largely a partisan election, and um, you have to get an the speaker has to be elected by a majority of the whole house. So if if Republicans break ranks. They can't get accomplished um, the election of Kevin McCarthy. So here is the first chance for um, guys like Perry and Chip Roy and and some of these others to to really wield that big stick. And they're doing it um, by everything that I've heard. I mean, I'm, I'm not on the ground there in Washington, but from what I've heard of some national interviews that Perry has done you know, he's very interested in trying to change the budget process so that instead of one huge omnibus budget bill where you only get one yes or no vote on everything from defense spending to keeping Social Security checks running, um, he, he wants to see it go back to where each committee would kick out appropriations bills on different department functions because he says that that is a better way to to check um, senseless federal government spending and rampant federal government spending. Um, senseless more, is his word, I assume. Yeah, he he wants more he wants more control over spending growth and and what kinds of things money is being spent on, and um, they also want rules changes that would allow more capability for for members of the House to actually have a debate on the floor of the house on an amendment to a bill a lot of the, a lot of times apparently in recent the recent past that that has really become a thing of the past in the house they've kind of quashed individual members abilities to actually have a floor debate on an amendment so, so he's tr- he, you know he, this is Scott Perry at the at his best why why he endears himself to people who have voted for him around here right he he he's not a regular guy who just follow, falls in line. He he's, is, is very principled in these things that he fights for, and, and he doesn't really back down. And um, he's got a chance to, to make his mark in this session. Now, the flip side of that is that, of course, there's a lot of people who um, just, you know, like Perry, they can't stand him because of his heavy involvement in Trump's right. um, 2020 election shenanigans. And, um, you know, so y- y- we've seen Scott Perry at his worst and Scott Perry at his best in, in these last couple of years. Hmm. I want to move on to another issue. And I don't know if I'd say this is an issue, but a big story of the week. 
and that was uh, Buffalo Bills, DeMar Hamlin, uh, who was a Western Pennsylvania native, went to the University of Pittsburgh that uh, suffered cardiac arrest in football game uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals on uh, Monday night. This has captivated the nation. Yeah. And you were telling me, Charlie, that you think that this this is kind of a bigger story than even what it appears as just a, a football player in an injury. Well, I, I just have been, um, you know, at Penn Live we we do this thing on uh, Pennsylvanians who may be grabbing our attention, right? Right. You did and that we a always, week ago from and the we year ahead. Say, yeah. We always say we can't account for surprises, and you wouldn't normally think that a sixth-round draft choice out of the University of Pittsburgh um, playing safety for the Buffalo Bills would captivate the nation's attention. But boy, has DeMar Hamlin ever done that. Um, you know, he, he went down with a cardiac arrest in this nationally televised Monday night football game. And um, ever since, it's been hard to avoid the, the Hamlin story on the news. Um, first of all, because he nearly died on the field. And um, secondly, because, <clears throat> you know, there's been this tremendous response to his charity and you know it's it went from oh. like a goal of 2500 for his his um charity to to supply million. toys to needy mm-hmm. families in McKee's Rocks to nearly 7 million now yeah it's, and it's um, incredible. and you know you know it's it's uh the NFL is is canceled a game which and where, when does that ever happen, right? I mean, in hurricanes Never. like um, Katrina, you yeah. know, they move games, but they still play them. Right, right, <laughs> and, right. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's just, it's been an amazing story. And there's been a lot of interest in Hamlin himself. And I mean, I, I just have been, you know, he's he's a kid from McKee's Rocks, of a pretty humble background. I mean, his, his dad was uh, jailed on a drug trafficking charge when he was 12, and he... You know, family, friends helped steer him into Pittsburgh Central Catholic, and that's a that's a well-known high school football program. And you know, he did really well there. Um, became sort of a leader, and uh, took the scholarship to Pitt. And you know, here he is in the NFL. And, and he wouldn't even have been playing in the NFL that much, ex- but for injuries in the Buffalo Bills that that pushed him into the starting lineup this year mm. and and then of all things in this game with you know the famous quarterbacks josh allen joe burrow the guy who let me interject rivets... charlie is a die-hard buffalo bills yeah. fan yeah. <laughs> well yeah but so I, I but i have been fascinated that just at how much this this hamlin story has mm. captivated the world okay let's talk about another health issue jan and i don't know in a way this has kind of gotten lost with all the big news stories but uh, Pennsylvania U.S. Senator uh, Bob Casey had an announcement yesterday about his health. Yes, he announced that he has prostate cancer, and um, he expects to be go- going through surgery, I guess, at some point soon. Um, but, you know, he he doesn't expect that to interfere with his ability to to be a senator, which is good because yeah. <laughs> I, I think our, our our newly elected U.S. Senator really, you know, is kind of relying. It sounds like they say they have a bromance, him and John Fetterman. Um, to, John uh, Fetterman has a bromance with a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody likes that guy or hates him. Or hates him, yeah, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, um, didn't Governor Wolf have prostate, he did. prostate cancer he too? Did. Yeah, so, I mean, 
uh, if that's an example, I mean, Governor Wolf seemed to continue to be able to do his job without missing a beat. So, well, well you know, the, you mentioned uh, Senator John Fetterman on a much lighter note. <laughs> I see that uh, John Fetterman, you know, has been in the Senate now for just a few days, but already he's been, I don't know whether you'd say honored, but at least remembered. He has his own bobblehead. Yes, yes, he does, and that uh, that's that's the today's breaking news. <laughs> well, that's that's how far we've come. That, 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 that's today's breaking news. But uh, there's a lot going on. Obviously, I want to thank our guests for being with us today. Penn Lives, Jan Murphy, and Charlie Thompson. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks you, a lot. Scott.